Hello, my favorite listener. Before we get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. We've seen the Supreme Court kind of hint that that might be the case. So to learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help. I'll drop links in the show notes as well. But I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. When you're done listening to this podcast, check out mine. It's called Beer in Front. Every week I talk about a classic beer that maybe we've forgotten along the way. I'll also talk about new beers that have potential to be classics. As the Chicago beer guy, I also talk a lot about great craft beers in the city of Chicago. That's Beer in Front, wherever you listen to podcasts. Good People, Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Welcome to Good People, Cool Things. Today's guest is Joseph Robert, the fantasy football counselor. And you might you might not be a fantasy football player yourself. I used to be. I no longer play fantasy football, but I still kind of keep a pulse on things. I still have enough friends who are in leagues, so I'll get to hear their stories and all the shenanigans, and it makes me think, okay, I'm glad I'm not stressing over this, because sometimes it gets real stressful situations. Joseph left his 9 to 5 to start the fantasy football counselor, but kind of kind of glided. Like he said, it was like a monkey hanging on from one branch, reaching to another. A nice little linear progression. So if you're thinking of maybe, hey, I want to try something new, you don't have to go fully. You don't have to cannonball in. You can make it kind of a graceful transition. We're also talking about some of the players on Joseph's do not draft list, some of the things he doesn't like so much about sports, how he's helped build his brand. And again, even if you are not a fantasy football player or don't like the sport super well, we're not getting too nitty gritty into things. There might be a little bit, a little bit of that talk, but anyone that's trying to grow their brand or expand their business, there's lots of good stuff in it. And speaking of, if you'd like to get other tips to grow your brand or expand your business or learn all about cool people who are doing the exact same thing that you want to be doing. Head on over to goodpeoplecoolthings.com and subscribe to the newsletter. You'll get all kinds of great stuff delivered into your inbox. I know it's another newsletter. This one's great. And you get a corny joke all the time. And that is good stuff. Just like this conversation with Joseph. To kick things off for people who Maybe don't know who you are. Can you give us your name and your elevator pitch? But can you also tell us the type of elevator we're riding on? Oh, man, it's, it's a long story. I'll give you the short story here. <laughs> but a fantasy football counselor, I turned fantasy and I made it a reality. So just took my passion, what I love doing, which play fantasy football. And over years of work, I finally made it into a viable uh, business that, that keeps continuing to grow year after year as I continue to give fantasy football analysis and, and content around uh, fantasy sports. It's exciting stuff. When was the first year you got into fantasy football? Do you remember? Oh, I get, probably when I got into it, when I played it, it was probably around 2010, 11. You know, I was in a keeper league with friends, but I didn't get into actually giving content around until 2016. So it took me about four to five years of actually doing fantasy football before I realized maybe I can make a living off this. 
Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely a growing market. I remember I you might you might be disappointed to hear this, but I do not play fantasy football anymore. Oh, but no. I first got into it in I think it was two thousand four, um, just in high school and was thrown in, had the first pick. So I'm like, this seems like a lot of pressure. It's great times all around. But you've turned this fully into a career. There's obviously a lot of fantasy football content out there. So how do you try to differentiate yourself? Oh, well, it's outside of the box thinking. So like anything, it's all the mainstream consensus, right? That kind of guides things. Everyone likes to play it safe. So what happens, guys, if you haven't played fantasy football, you got to get into it. It's a lot of fun because not all of us, I don't know if you are, but not all of us are billionaires. But this is a way (laughs) to actually own a virtual team. So if you guys don't know what fantasy football is, you basically draft a virtual team, you get points, you're in a league with friends, and away you go. So how I differentiate is just, again, outside of the box thinking. So what happens is, these analysts, these mainstream people, what they do is they give last year's top finishers the way they finish and tell you to draft them again in that order, right? So I differentiate by saying, hey, things don't always work out like everybody thinks they do, right? So I don't take last year's top finishers, the guys, the top points getters and tell you to draft them in that order again. I think outside the box and I, and I anticipate things that may or may not happen, right? So it's that outside of the box thinking. I think that's a differentiator for me and my brand and it's been very effective. So I have to ask because I was I'm a big college basketball fan and I was so upset that Tom Brady chose Selection Sunday to announce that he was coming back to the NFL cuz he he couldn't well, let he couldn't let one of the best nights in sports just be. He had to he had to take the spotlight. So did did you anticipate that? Did you think he was going to come back based off what you had been seeing? Well, I never thought he would leave. That's a thing. So I <laughs> in my mind uh, again, again, this is a whole other topic. I did this podcast on our sports fixed. You know, I think guys like Ray Lewis, Peyton Manning, they all, I don't want to say they were given, but there was this thing where I just think that there's things happen a certain way for these goats, these greatest to, to, to win championships. Right. So I think he still had more in him. So I, I didn't, once he retired, I thought maybe it was the end. I didn't think he'd come back, but I didn't think he would have retired in the first place. So I still think he had a couple more rings left in him. And I still think that's going to happen, you know? Yeah, I think he still looks like he's capable of Great. playing. Yeah, and that's that's inspiring for people like us that are getting goal. I mean, no offense or anything like that, but no, I'm, no, no. I'm getting up there in age. I'm not going to discuss my age here, but <laughs> it, 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 there's hope for for me, myself. I don't know, but you're probably younger. But uh, there's hope for us. You know that, that you know you can you know operate at a high level physically. Yeah, when I wake up and I'm like feeling a little achy, I just think like, Tom Brady's uh, more than a decade older than me, and he's he's yeah. still doing great. So yeah. Good times all around. Now, you started the Fantasy Football Counselor after leaving your nine to five job, which I think is something a lot of people have thoughts about doing or, you know, maybe even dream of doing. But how, what was the leap like for you? And like, was there a moment where you're like, I know I'm ready to do this? Or was it just kind of, let's do it? It, it was kind of terrifying because you grow up your whole life and you've thought to yourself, hey, listen, I got to work a nine to five. I got to work for somebody. There's no other way around it. And I didn't grow up with an entrepreneur father who was a blue collar steel worker. So I was just like, you know, I never knew anything else other than to work for somebody, but I started studying entrepreneurship online, started, you know, I worked a nine to five hydraulic sales job paid well, you know, 60, 70 grand a year, car allowance, all that stuff. And then what happened was I was starting these online entrepreneurs. And then there was a course out on how you can manage people's social media. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting invested $1,000 in the course, started learning how to manage people's social medias. And I thought that it was actually, you know, kind of practical. I'm like, okay. So I started going to restaurants and dealerships and, and saying, Hey, I can manage your Facebook accounts and you pay me 500 a month or whatever it is. And then when that happened, I started getting a couple accounts. So it's like, 
And at the same time, I was building the Fantasy Football Podcast, which we didn't make any money at the time. So I've kind of had this day job. Then I had the social media marketing. I was building accounts. And then I had the fantasy football. And then I'm like, okay, the leap was to do social media. So once I had eight or nine accounts, I took the leap that way and broke out of the nine to five. And then once I had the social media, I leaped over to make this full time. So I'm building counselor the whole time while, you know, it's kind of like a monkey, right? I had my hand on one branch and then I was just, before I let go, I was able to, you know, transition nicely. So do you still manage any social accounts or have you let go of that oh, branch? <laughs> that was that was done about two years ago. And and again, that's where it got really terrifying because again, even though I wasn't uh, working for someone particularly at a nine to five necessarily, I was still working for people. And now it's like total control where I manage my own sponsorships. I have control online over my online sales a little bit more. And I'm fully like, there's no safety net underneath me. And again, it's still sometimes a little scary, right? But you, you know, you got to break that mindset. And uh, once you're out, it, it, there's nothing more liberating. And it just feels so good um, to not work for anybody. You know, that's just me now. And uh, hopefully I can, you know, if someone's listening, even if one person is listening, I can inspire you. You don't have to just leap right away. You can find something to build on a side hustle and elevate yourself eventually to get to that point where you want to be. Now, you talked about how you're working with your own sponsors now and finding your own partnerships. Is that are you kind of on the hunt for that? Is that are people coming to you now because the the show's grown so much, or how how does that look for you? Yeah, it, it's different. Um, you know, people reach out; they they do, and it typically happens more during the season as prime time hits because my numbers really peak and skyrocket uh, in and around July to September with fantasy football people drafting their team. So people typically reach out now for the most part, but I still end up doing a little bit of reaching out as well. So it's a good balance of both. Um, but you know, I've got sponsors secured pretty much for this, this season. So yeah, it's a bit of a combination of both because sometimes the sponsors you want may not reach out. So you got to kind of go find the ones that you want too, right? And do you find your background in, I mean, I know you were selling hydraulics, which is probably not the types of <laughs> sponsors that you're working with, but do you find that that background has been helpful for you in, in this kind of new era of selling? Oh, phenomenal question. Cause right now I've got a lot of big things in the works. Um, and I, I won't get into too much detail on what I'm working on, but there's some Hollywood things going on. Right. So I won't go into all the details. Cause again, it's all premature right now, but reaching out to agents and production companies to try to, let's say pitch a show, for example, you can't just do that. Like that takes hardcore sales skills. So some part of my life is kind of like, you know, I kind of, you know, I hated my job. You know, I hated selling industrial hydraulics and going to plant managers saying, hey, can I retrofit your entire plant with these pipes and these hydraulic fittings and, and all and these filters? And but that helped me get to where I am. And it gave me the ability to podcast and do the sales. So great question. I mean, I think everything happens for a reason. And that sales background was phenomenal because without it, I wouldn't be able to sell my product. I wouldn't be able to sell myself. I wouldn't be able to talk and podcast without that you know, all that rejection over the years in sales, you know? Yeah, I think that's that's something that is, like you said, it's hard for a lot of people to to hear no. And right. you're going to hear that a lot in, in sales and even just reaching out to people like that. But then the ones that do work and fit nicely are pretty good when they happen. Yeah. And you've kind of touched on this a little bit too. And I think, you know, just looking at, at what you've been doing, I think you you really preach the value of authenticity. And like you said, you're not just going to fall in line with everyone else with how they're just recommending. I don't even know right. who the top 
who was the top fantasy player last year? Like Cooper Cup, maybe? Was he? All right. Yeah, he was. was and that's 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 what bothers me. Yeah. Again, you 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 just hit a bone there. So what <laughs> happens? What happens is like last year's top finishers and tell them to draft. But last year, Cooper Cup was ranked below Robert Woods, who was on the same team. Now all of a sudden, because Cooper Cup had this pinnacle year everyone's riding him right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, oh, you know, it makes me cringe. And it's very unlikely and very rare is going to duplicate those numbers. So a regression is definitely happening. Predicated on that fact alone, based on history showing us players that finish on top, it's very rare they finish on top again. You got to just discount them a little bit and anticipate someone else stepping up. And then again, that's the differentiator with me. And I, I anticipate, and I'm not right all the time, but I'm right more than the mainstream consensus. I like it. You also just hit on something that I, this was like my one hard line in the years I was playing fantasy football. Do you take a kicker before the last round? Oh man, let me think about this. Uh, I, I wait to the last round for kicker. And at the end of the day, like I end up streaming and now I find that most leagues are omitting the kicker position because, because it's so volatile and so weird. It's just uh, that and defense and special teams. I find a lot of leagues are kicking those kicking the kickers out, you know, in the defenses, just because it's just, it's so random. Like you have, like, let's say you start the Rams defense, they come out and they, you know, they get five interceptions that one game and they, you know, there's no real thought process and skill. Whereas a player, you kind of have an idea. He gets X amount of carries and receptions and there's a little more to it with defense. It's just so volatile and just so sporadic, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. It. Like to hear it. Like to hear it. <laughs> and so I, I think I almost kind of cut myself off before because we got we got on the Cooper Cup train, uh, but that authenticity I think that's something a lot of you know a lot of brands a lot of people preach, but they can't always pull it off. So what does authenticity mean to you, and how do you make sure that you're you're staying authentic even as you're growing and and having these new opportunities? For me, authentic is just not being a BSer, right? Like I don't like to play it safe. If I think there's something wrong, I state it. So let's use fantasy. For example, if a player had a bad game, he sucked. Let's be honest. Like he did not play well. You know, I'm not into giving, you know, fifth uh, ribbons to fifth place players. I grew up, you know, if you lose, you lose. Right. So just keep it real with people, you know, and I think just being real with people and telling them how it is, is good. You know, I'm not saying go hurt someone's feelings, but if someone's underperforming, say, listen, this is what you need to fix. You know, and and I want to I want people to improve. And I think so many people try to sugarcoat and baby people these days. Just be real. If something's not working, say it. Like for you, I got on the podcast before the show. If we recorded, I thought I thought you genuinely had a good radio voice. If you didn't, I might have said, "Hey, man, I you know, I appreciate it." Maybe just talk a little bit deeper or something. You know, I don't know. Whatever, whatever. You know, I would have just been critical, but I'm I'm I just call it how it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's I think that's being real. Yeah, I like it. This might segue nicely into. Yeah. I, I do appreciate you saying I have the nice radio and podcast yeah, voice it's because nice. it's smooth. It's like you know, it's good. <laughs> well, I just started a second podcast with a friend okay. of mine called Sports Are Dumb, which is we, we're okay. both huge sports fans, but we have we have some grievances throughout sports. So it's a good you know good platform to to call out something like how in college sports or college basketball in particular, you can't use six, seven, eight, or nine on your jersey. I don't know why this is an old archaic yeah. rule, but someone can't be number six. They can't be number 78. Uh, it's, it's a real weird rule, but like, that's a, that's a fun thing. He personally hates uh, intentional fouls at the end of basketball games. So there's a whole, you know, a whole bunch of shenanigans that you can talk. And so you're keeping it real. What's something dumb in sports that you don't like? Man, that's, that's a, that's a crazy question here. <laughs> um, 
I just, that's, that's a, that's putting me on the spot. I'm trying to think about this. Like, I mean, done with players or anything, right? Uh, yeah. However you want to do it. I don't know. Sometimes some rules I don't like, I think they just changed the overtime rules with football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, I never thought of that. Cause I'm always focusing kind of on the pot. Okay. You know what it is? Here's one that I hate the flopping. I just, I can't deal with it. It gives me anxiety. I know you're trying to draw the penalty, but now you got me thinking. Cause I don't, like LeBron, like I get it. You're drawing a penalty, but sometimes they're a little too dramatic for me. Okay. Like over the top. And, and again, I find it at this point, I'm so irritated with it that I actually find it comical. But you got a guy like LeBron, I think Luca does it a lot where they go down and they're hurt. Like they, like they look like you want to call it in, like somebody call 911 and help this poor person because they're absolutely hurting. It's a cat looks catastrophic. And the next play, they're running full sprint. I'm like, how? You look like you were dying. How are you running? And that that kills me. That bothers me. I don't know what it is. It just gets under my skin. That, you, that's, that's it. You neglected to mention my favorite culprit of this, of Chris Paul. Who, oh, yeah. I, that, he, he cracks me up because he's, he's legitimately like smiling or laughing or like patting <laughs> the official on the back and being like, yep, you fell for that. And he just, I think he just embraces it. He's just gone full troll at this point. Soccer players, soccer players are the worst because it's like they're in sheer agony, like screaming at the top of their lugs, hold, uh, you know, holding their knee, rolling around. And then all of a sudden they pop right up and they're smiling. I'm like, wow, they're amazing. I, they should get awards. Uh, there should be actually an award system. I'm not joking. This is actually, I think we should, I think you and I should actually invent this right now. It's, it's happening. There should be an award, a legit, a, not even, I'm not joking, a legit reward system for best actor in sports. You I know? love it. Yeah. I love when the announcers call them out of like, oh, they, you know, they should get an Oscar for that. It's like, yeah, let's have a good, the, the flopskers or whatever. That's probably. And then they play yeah. it in slow motion or like LeBron is like jumping back. And then you see that he was grazed or like it never touched him. I'm like, come on, man. Like you're a big boy. Like you're a big, strong, capable man who spends over a million plus dollars on your health alone. You're a tough dude. I know maybe he's a soft teddy bear in real life. I never met him, but you know, I don't get it. I still don't get this stuff. Yeah. It's wild. It's It's sort of on a similar vein. I always like to talk about people, some of maybe some of their worst moments, because I think it can be uh, a nice way, you know, it's bad in the time, but then you look back on it and you're like, okay, I could take something from that. So you used to fight competitively in MMA. Yeah. What was your worst fight? Well, I didn't, I only had two amateur MMA fights. I didn't totally, it gave me anxiety. It's something I was just one of those guys. I was paranoid and I'm not the prettiest face, but I, I was paranoid getting damaged. Right. And I had a lot of injuries and stuff like that. Um, but in regards to fights, um, what do you say? The most memorable one or the, no, your worst one. What do you mean by worst? Like just, Oh, I got knocked out. Uh, that was probably my worst. <laughs> probably one. pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was my second. It was actually this amateur MMA uh, tournament. It was two fights. You just, if you win, you keep going, get up to three fights a night. It was like UFC one. It was so stupid. Uh, I was up in Vancouver back in 2010, I think. So I was in great shape. Cardio was phenomenal. Beat the crap out of the first guy. Second guy was a tough guy. We were going. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. We were fighting. And then it was, I had him on the ground and I would have pounded him on the ground, but there was this three second rule or something. As soon as he hit the ground, they made you stand back up. It was like extreme MMA. And then uh, he clipped me at the back of my neck here and I just dropped. I, I don't know what happened. I guess I just lights were out and I was on the floor and I just, I lost. And I, I didn't anticipate when I look back at him, like that was just weird. It looked really weird. I just fell. But I think he had clipped me in the back of my neck. It was weird. Ooh, 
Grimace terrible thinking that not yeah. fun yeah <laughs> yeah would not recommend <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's just i don't know it was fun i mean it just it got me to the best shape of my life it was a, it was an experience and it it took your body to a level that it's never been and i don't think i'd regret ever doing it but you know i had the deviated septum a little bit i had you know my ribs cracked a few times i had a quadratic contusion where the blood builds up in your quad and you couldn't walk and it's a bunch of nagging injuries you know it was it was, it was irritating you know <laughs> do they do you still have uh lingering pain from those or have they not well i hadn't before? surgery on my nose so the deviated septum i couldn't breathe out of my nose for the longest time it was just plugged and it, well, sometimes it'd open i have to wear those strips to open it up uh, i had the surgery there other than that it's it's been fine I have no no serious long-term injuries very fortunate no cte no brain trauma which is good you know that's good. Yeah, it's good to good to avoid that kind yeah, of stuff. Good to keep the brain there. Some people, I mean, my fans might think I'm a little crazy, but that, that's that's a different story. Yeah, but it's a it's what keeps them coming back, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one one other thing that I I think is interesting about fantasy football. I know there's people that have kind of their own sort of like do not draft lists yeah. um, because they just get burned too many times by the yeah. same type of player. I'll my my favorite example from when I was playing was Jared Cook. Every year, this was the year yeah. Jared Cook was going to have his best best year yet. His first game, he'd have like eight catches, a hundred yards. I'm like Jared Cook, you're you've arrived, you're here. Yeah, and several games in a row didn't catch a pass. It's very much like if I were to try playing an NFL game, um, we probably could have swapped places, had the same result. And so, are there players that you have like that that you've just been burned too many times, and you're just like I can't, I can't do it anymore. Um, yeah. And, um, there's, there's a saying I have, and my fans all, all know it. It's called years to wow me. And I'm not wow. Now I typically, <laughs> I'm really good at avoiding players and I don't mess around. There's this guy I've been messing around with a lot in fantasy. His name is Saquon Barkley. He breaks my heart every year. <laughs> um, I'm just waiting for him to bounce back from that 2018 year. I'm going to roll the dice on him one more time. Cause he had that injury two years ago and they preserved him last year because the giants weren't going to make the playoffs. So that's kind of the guy now that I'm kind of having this love hate. Uh, kind of thing but I, I always have enough depth to cover myself if someone craps the bed and that's why my 16 round draft solution really helps people because it's it's a way where you kind of create there's no guarantees in fantasy but it's the closest to creating a bulletproof roster as possible can we get a sneak peek of that or how, or so, how can people find it at least <laughs> oh just just google 16 rounds one six 16 round draft solution or go to the fantasy there's a landing page where you can tells you all about it fantastic fantastic now, to, to kind of just go back to your brand and your business as a whole, like we've been talking about, there's a lot of content out there. You try to find ways to stand out. What else have you found has worked well for your audience? Just yelling. Yelling, <laughs> yelling at people. I do. Uh, no one does this, but I'm actually in the shower yelling at people. Like, so I do something called a shower rant and uh, I just yell. And I don't know what, just people like to watch it. It's kind of like a bad car accident or something like that. You just turn and you can't turn away. I'm just yelling naked in a shower and I'm screaming and it's steamy. And and I just do stuff that's just I whatever I feel. So, and a lot of that is actually emotion. So when a player does something to piss me off, maybe it's flopping. Maybe it's, I don't know what they're, you know, maybe they don't put up fantasy points that week. I legit get angry. So I yell <laughs> and it works. People watch. Do you have good acoustics in the shower? I would think that'd be so uh, echoey. It's kind of trebly, okay. a little echoey. It's not. It's not like a deep. It's not. It's not a good voice, but it's. It, it gets the job done. People get it. Like and it. they ask me, "What? Like, couldn't this have waited till you got out of the shower?" I'm like, "No, 
<laughs> it couldn't have. I needed to happen now. Yeah, you get you know, everyone gets their best ideas in the shower. I get it. They do. Get it. Yeah. They do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you're almost off the hook here, but we always like to wrap up with a top three. And we talked about Tom Brady in the in the past. I don't know. Is he going to make your list of the top three quarterbacks of all time? Yeah, that's a tough list to do because I got to put Brady at one simply because of the the Super Bowls. He's one. Number two, it's got to be Jerry Rice. I grew up watching him. Uh, not Jerry Rice. Sorry, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. See, I'm not even thinking right now. Joe Montana because he had Jerry Rice. I love that connection. So Brady. And then uh, probably going to go Joe Montana. And the third one, I, I don't really have one. I, I, I'd probably say someone that's in the NFL now emerging. I'm going to put maybe potentially Pat Mahomes could make that list eventually. You could say, for now, I'm going to say Dan Marino in that three spot. Never won a Super Bowl. But uh, I, I, I'm going to go with those three. Uh, Brady, uh, Montana, and Marino. But uh, I know, sorry, you know what? Let's take Marino out. Let's go with Peyton Manning at three. And then Marino four, and then probably Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Maybe one of these guys slides in eventually. I like it. Do you have a favorite receiver that Brady has had over the years? Uh, you mentioned the Montana to Rice. Is it uh, Brady Dion Branch? Maybe. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, he, in my fantasy days, I think it was like Edelman stuff like that. You know, I I, I stayed away from uh, receivers on the Patriots. They just spread the ball around. Brady spreads the ball around. Um, yeah, you know, I just, you know, Edelman's kind of my area when I, you know, was really in fantasy and that's probably the guy for, for Brady that I liked. Fantastic. Well, Joseph, you are officially off the hook here. If people want to learn more about you, if they maybe have never played fantasy football before and they want to get that kind of their toes, dip it in there. Where can they find you? Yeah. Oh, just go to the fantasy or just Google fantasy football council. That's one L C O U N S C L O R. Just Google me. And I'm number one on Instagram at fantasy football counselor. And you can see some shower rants, you know, <laughs> see me in my, uh, I'm not shy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So we'll go, we'll go check those out. Thank you again for taking the time to chat. Hey, maybe you should do your podcast in the shower. Have you thought of that? I haven't, but I might. I, I'll, I'll go test out the acoustics tonight. We'll see. It's good for reviews. It's good yeah, we'll for see. reviews. It's good for ratings. Get some extra five stars. Extra five stars or a lot of one stars. We'll go one of, one of both. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. We got to end with a corny joke, as we always do. What is a football center's favorite shoe? A uh, football center's favorite shoe. I don't know. No clue. Hiking boots. Good uh, today, people. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.